On today's show, the Hawks get a sweep in Washington, D.C. behind uh, some uneven play, we'll say, but Trey Young with a big shot at the end of the game, and the Hawks hold on for dear life, get a victory, and sneak above 500. We'll have a full breakdown of the game and more coming up. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1428 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Friday evening here in mid-March. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the Lots on Podcast Network. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. And also, at the top of the podcast, I want to tell you, I encourage you to make us your first listen each and every day. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, etc. And we really appreciate you being on board for this episode. And the podcast will break down what became a nice win for the Hawks on the road. 114 to 107 over the Wizards. It was never comfortable in this game. I'll just say that at the very top of the podcast. It was not a great performance. It was a bad performance, but the Hawks got the win. And they're now 34 and 33, above 500 again. A nice place to be. Uh, we compare it to being below 500 at this point. And they go 2-2 two and two on this four-game road trip with the two mini-series in Miami and Washington. That isn't perfect. I thought they probably needed to go 3-1 and one to sort of achieve their ultimate goals. But still, 2-2 two and two is not a disaster, especially with four road games. They were only favored in two of those four games. And they won games they were favored in. There you go on that. So if we'll get into the game now. And sort of how this game progressed. But again, it was not a perfect performance by any means for the Hawks. But it is an example in my mind of a road game that you kind of just have to figure out how to win. And I know this is so, still very young in the Quinn Snyder era. The Hawks are still getting a, a, sort of acclimated to what's going to be happening under his regime. This is still a team that is a little bit uncertain at this point in time. But, um, you know, big picture, getting this kind of win on the road when you are a team that has goals is uh, an important thing to have happen. FanDuel, our friends over there, had this game as basically a coin flip in this game. The Hawks were favored by one and a half points at tip-off. That's pretty close. I think the Hawks are better than the Wizards, and that was sort of illustrative in that line considering they were favored on the road. But it wasn't easy. And other than three-point shooting, Atlanta was not great on offense in this game. The officiating was pretty bad in this game, and at some pretty bad times for the Hawks, I thought, in this one. The end of the game was a total mess. Boss couldn't inbound the ball. There was um, weirdness, all, all, all kinds of stoppages and reviews and just uneven play. But the biggest shot of the night happened with Trey Young connecting on a three-pointer with 117 to go. The Hawks by five points, and from there, the Hawks led the entire rest of the way. Again, it wasn't over at that point, but the Hawks were able to sort of grind it out on the whole with some quality defense in this game all the way across the board and just enough offense to escape with the victory. So, again, not perfect, and we'll get into sort of the defense now because I want to lead with that. Uh, because honestly, um, after an, a lot of offense first basketball from the Hawks in the last couple of weeks, the Hawks have been basically a top five offense in the league for you know basically two weeks now or three weeks now. But this was, it was definitely a defense first win for Atlanta, a 106 defensive rating against the Wizards in this game. That's a number that you'll take against any opponent, basically. There was some help from Washington, for sure. The Wizards had some ball security issues in this game, um, pretty bad turnovers, stepping on the out of bounds lines and just fumbling the ball away. Also shot very poorly from three. And there's a little bit you can do defensively to stop three-point shooting, but it's, some of it's always on the team that misses the shots in the NBA in particular. Um, and in fact, the Hawks won this game at a three-point line, basically. They outscored the Wizards by 24 points from beyond the arc, and that was obviously enough to um, counteract and win this game on its own. Um, the Hawks allowed 60 points in the paint and 27 assists. Those are not great numbers, but they were above average turnover creation, defensive rebounding. They had good contests as the game went along. I thought the Hawks had some really high moments defensively in this game, especially with the lineups that did not have both Bogey and Bay together. Those lineups were definitely more offense-focused, but the rest of the lineups were pretty solid defensively for Atlanta. 
And my friend Glenn Willis of the of Peachtree Hoops and the ATL 29 podcast pointed this out on Twitter, and I will definitely echo that from watching the film as well. The Hawks did not overhelp in this game, and that was a problem that they, I think they probably identified and wanted to correct from Wednesday's game, and uh, that was generally quite effective on defense in this one. Again, it wasn't perfect. The first quarter was a little bit uneven. They were better than that, better after that, and uh, you know, not always like executing at the absolute flawless levels. But as long as they didn't have their worst defending lineups in the game, they did a pretty good job in this one. And it was definitely a, a night where the defense was more effective than the offense compared to normal baselines. Offensively, the Hawks did not have this great game. Honestly, you know, Trey's really good. We'll come back to that later on. They had a 112 offensive rating. That's below their number of, of with their average number. And the Washington's defense is okay. I thought they executed pretty well, but the Hawks were not great offensively. They were pretty good in the middle of the game, second and third quarters, but pretty bad in the first quarter. And then the fourth quarter was just kind of uneven, especially late. Um, I said it earlier as well, but again, the positive thing was three-point shooting. The Hawks were 15 of 31 from long range in this game. That's 48. percent now, that's not very big volume. The Hawks are actually in the bottom five of the league in three-point attempts this year, averaging about 30 or 31 per game. This is basically right at their average, but not a good number in terms of like big picture frequency, but they made them, and that obviously was a huge swing in this game as well. They also won the glass by a lot. That led to some extra shots. The Hawks took seven more shot attempts than the Wizards did in this game. In a close game, that could be the difference between winning and losing, and that was definitely the case in this one, honestly. But the Hawks only shot 42% inside the arc. That's a terrible number. And had 32 points in the paint, also a terrible number. They took more long twos than shots at the rim. Um, basically the same amount of free throws as Washington, uh, a below average number there as well. So it wasn't perfect. Trey was very good again. They got a lot of offense from Bogey and Bay on the second unit to kind of counteract their bad defense on the second unit. But the Hawks were not perfect offensively in this game. In fact, they were not even really good for large stretches of this one on offense. But it was enough. And uh, again, you know, big picture here, the Hawks get this win and they sort of inch up the standings a little bit. Um, as I'm recording this podcast, the teams that they're playing against sort of comparing against and the standings are all kind of playing right now. So it's tough to kind of talk about the standings adjustments. But if they had gone one and three on this road trip, it would have been um, certainly a, a flashing red light for me. And I'm someone who always emphasizes, if you're new listener to the podcast, you may not know this, but I always tell people to take it one game at a time. It's kind of one of those funny things, but one of 82 games in February and games in March and games in January, like it's important not to overreact to any single result, but the Hawks needed to not have a disastrous road trip to kind of get where they want to get. And look, this is still a 500 team right now. They're below 500 on the road, et cetera. But to go out and get two and you know, get two wins on this trip, come back. They have a challenging game on Saturday, which we'll come back to later at the end of the show against Boston. That's a game that they're going to be underdogs in. So getting this game tonight is not a small thing. And uh, we'll kind of leave it there for now. We'll get back into the game flow in a moment, as well as at the end of the podcast, what we do customarily is talk about how all the individual players performed in this game. Before we get to all of that, though, a word from our sponsors on the show. The Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And this week's choice is going to be Trey Young for pretty obvious reasons, I think. By the way, the Nissan Aria is brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, suddenly powerful, and they bring an impressive combination of traits to the table. Trey was brilliant on Wednesday. 28 points, 10 assists, and some of the best defense of the season, honestly, to go along with incredible efficiency in that game. And then tonight against Washington on Friday, 28 points, 9 assists again. And he honestly hit the biggest shot of that against the Wizards as well. So he's been fantastic for the Hawks in recent days and uh, the biggest reason why the Hawks won the last two contests. The Nissan Aria packs power that will pin you to your seat and it also has premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. Sometimes, like that you bogged down, you might feel overwhelmed or even as if you're not showing up the way that you want to or need to. If that sounds like you at all. You're thinking of giving, giving therapy a try. BetterHelp is a great option for you. It's convenient. 
flexible, affordable, and entirely online. I, people, I really know a lot of people, honestly, in my life that have benefited greatly from BetterHelp, and they're all different kinds of people. And honestly, that they all find something that's pretty interesting and that they basically needed with BetterHelp. You can fill out the brief questionnaire right now to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you do switch therapists anytime, you can do so with no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can be what gets you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Check out BetterHelp today. All right, it was kind of a slow start for the Hawks in this game, other than DeAndre Hunter making his first two shots. The defense was kind of a step slow. They were not great rotating. Again, I think it was maybe part of the emphasis was to not over-rotate. They gave up some easy ones as they sort of adjusted to that early in the game. Uh, Washington got 12 points in the paint in the first, like, five minutes. That was not great. There was a nice sneak attack steal from, De- from DeJounte Murray that I wanted to make note of early on. It led to a three-point play by, by John Collins in transition. Kind of a weird non-review. Collins kind of got undercut on the finish. There was not a call there. Um, Jalen Johnson is the ninth guy. Uh, Akongwu had a rough start to this one, and he was much better after the halftime break, but I, I wanted to at least note this at the top. In the first 90 seconds he played, he missed his first shot, missed two free throws, and then got a, and then got a foul in 90 seconds. So tough start for Akongwu in this one. The Hawks were down by six, honestly, after about 10 minutes to go in that first uh, in that first quarter, and they were probably fortunate to only be down by six. They scored less than 0.8 points per possession for the first 10 minutes of the game and shot the ball very poorly. They found some offense late with Trey and Sadiq Bay making some threes, but they were still down by five at the end of the first quarter, and it was kind of an ugly performance on the whole from Atlanta. Now, there was one rotation tweak in the second quarter, and it's usually a Kongwu with the second unit at the top of the second quarter. It's usually that, you know, no Trey, it's DeJounte and the bench. Um, but they actually started Capella in that stretch. Akongwu had that really rough first stint, but the Hawks usually try to pair Capella with Trey as much as possible. And it wasn't foul related either. Usually with Akongwu coming out in a weird time, it was because of fouls. He'll be in one foul. Capella played 17 of the first 21 minutes in this game. And by the end, you wouldn't have noticed. So this is one of those things that like, I'm obviously paying very close attention to everything, but Capella played 29 minutes in this game. That's not out of the ordinary, but it was a lot of Capella in that first, in that first half, which I think was a little bit out of the ordinary. I'm not sure if it was just matchups or the fact that Okongwu was not uh, sort of his best early on, but in the second half, it kind of flipped because Okongwu was better and that made some sense. Um, Jalen had a great stretch defensively, I thought, in the second quarter. Got a steal, forced a backward violation, and then actually uh, after a deflection there, just using his size and force and uh, just being very effective to uh, sort of create havoc for the opposition. Um, but there was some hilariously sloppy basketball in the second quarter. Um, ball handling issues, turnovers, etc. There was a jumbo lap the Hawks used a couple times in this game. It actually worked quite well in the second quarter. It was, you know, Trey is still out there, but it was Hunter, Bay, Collins, and Capella next to Trey. And defensively, they had a couple of really good reps against Beal. Collins had him um, sort of locked up twice on the perimeter, which is nice to see. Had a tr- and also had a strip in transition after a fast break. The Wizards were not able to pick on Sadiq Bay as much without Bogey also on the floor at that stretch. That was nice to see. And then Washington was playing pretty small defensively in that stretch as well. So Collins had an easy post bucket. I think Bay had one that was kind of just easy, you know, point and shoot over someone smaller than him. So that lineup actually worked quite well in the second quarter. I'm not sure if it was directly why they went to that lineup, but Murray took a bad shot right before that. It was actually pretty bad in the first half, so that maybe uh, leaned into taking a little bit of a different approach. But the Hawks had a uh, sort of their first big run, a 16-6 to push in the second quarter to go up by seven points. Uh, defensively, picked up a lot in that stretch, and they gave up six points in about five minutes. That was huge to go up by six at the end of the half. Washington was not shooting the ball well, but the offense did come alive for the Hawks. They shot four of seven from three in the second quarter. And while it wasn't awesome offensively in the first half, Trey had 15 points and five assists. Defensively, they were excellent in the second quarter. Great numbers overall. Um, the biggest edges were the turnover margin, where the Hawks had 10 
takeaways in the first half versus only five for Washington. So that definitely helped out as the game went along. Um, after the rough start from DeJounte Murray in the first half, and even dating back to Wednesday in D.C., he had a better second half, at least shooting-wise. He made his first, I think, three out of his first four shots in the third quarter. The Hawks did start out pretty slowly in the third, took some pretty quick shots, pretty hasty, not great looks at the rim, and that led to Washington taking the lead, actually, in middle of the, middle of the third quarter. Um, there was an 8-0 run by the Wizards. I think it forced a timeout. The Hawks actually called two timeouts in like three minutes. Um, but then there was a big run back by Atlanta to kind of take control, and they would never fully relinquish that control. A 16-2 run by the Hawks in the third quarter. Took their first double-digit lead of the game. Bogey had a four-point play. Trey hit about a 30-foot pull-up in that stretch, and the Wizards only had two points in about five and a half minutes. That led the Hawks to being up by 10 at the end of, at the, end of the uh, third quarter. And again, in middle quarters, offensively, they were 9 of 18 from three in those quarters. Now, they were good the whole game, but the rest of the game, they were 6 of 23. So 9 of 18. No, sorry, 6 of 13. So they were 9 of 18 in the rest of the game, 6 of 13 in the rest of the game uh, beyond the second and third quarters. So not like they were cold, but the volume was higher and the accuracy was better in those middle quarters. Um, in the fourth, it was kind of a shootout early on. I made kind of a joke, but also isn't a joke about the, about the lineups. Basically, with Bogey and Bay together in the fourth quarter, um, the Hawks played a shootout style. That group, that pairing on the wing is going to be defensively challenged to be kind. And But offensively, that is probably their best wing group because they could just shoot from everywhere. Bogey, especially in his current form when he's a little bit healthy and has more juice, is really, really good offensively. And they scored 13 points in four and a half minutes until those points were actually from Bogey and Bay. But defensively, it was a little bit more of a step back. And that was okay because they were actually up by, by 10 already. So having that kind of back and forth wasn't the worst thing in the world at that point in time. But defensively, made a bunch of mistakes at the end of that run that led to the stars coming back into the game other than with Bay instead of Murray for a little while with that jumble unit in the, uh, that he was in the first half. But Washington cut it back to four, and the Hawks only had two points and five possessions. It was a little bit of a weird stretch there. Now, I want to circle this play. I, t- I, t- I tweeted during the game. and also put Snyder talks about it after the game. After a timeout with the Hawks only up by four, um, they missed a shot, and then Collins had this sweeping, great offensive rebound from the backside. And that led to a kickout pass to Trey Young for a three to go back up by seven points. And uh, I think it was Jamila Johnson asked the question after the game to Quinn Snyder about that play and kind of how John played. And Quinn was very effusive in his parade, talking about how that play lifted them up, lifted them up a little bit. And uh, that was a great play by Collins out of that break. And when, when things were not going well for Atlanta, that kind of created three points out of nowhere. But then I will say, and I try to save as, as long as possible, the officiating in the second half, really the entire game, was not fantastic in this one for Atlanta. There was a terrible charge call against Capella in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought Kuzma pretty clearly fouled on a possession that ended up with a loose ball and a turnover. And then another one right after that where Collins kind of flew by Beal, didn't even appear to touch him. If anything, it was very light contact, called for a foul there. I thought it could have been a nice challenge spot for the Hawks, but unfortunately, Snyder only had one timeout at that point in time, and you can't really risk that at that point in the game. But three or four calls in succession that did not go the Hawks' way. Um the Hawks got a couple stops up row after that, which was definitely helpful. But officiating was uh, a point of contention for sure in that fourth quarter. Um, still, it was never really comfortable. Trey turned it over with about two minutes to go and then fouled in the backcourt on a reach in. And I will say, this is another one where I thought Trey got fouled by Bradley Beal, not called. And then, uh, but that, that gave the Wizards a chance to get back in the game. Fortunately, Washington missed a couple free throws down the stretch that were very helpful for the Hawks. That included one of those by Kuzma after that sequence where Trey turned it over. And then, uh, but Murray turned it over on a strip by Monty Morris. And then suddenly the lead was down to two with 126 to go. And that was as close as it got because after that, Trey took what I would describe normally as kind of a hero ball shot 
And look, he's earned that right to take some of those shots. If they don't go in, you get picked on. If they go in, you're the hero, and that's why they're called hero ball shots. Trey Young, though, took a superstar shot, pulled up from about 29 feet on the left wing, and buried it. And that was the biggest shot of the game. Um, I'm not saying the Hawks lose if that doesn't go in, but they certainly would not have been in the same position that they were in with, with it going in, and that put them up, up by five. Um, the Hawks had a chance to put the game really away after that, after a stop. But Hunter um, honestly had a pretty easy drop-off pass, it seemed like, to Capella for a dunk that would have probably ended the game. Instead, he committed a charge, unfortunately. Um, Washington, though, got back within four a couple times. But then there was a total mess at the end. The Hawks failed to inbound the ball, like, repeatedly. And the one time they actually got the ball into Trey, Trey, for some reason, tried to take a, a contested layup with, like, 28 seconds to go, up by four, when he could have just gotten fouled. That was a weird play. Um, the Hawks uh, then finally got it, tried to get it in once again, and it was a turnover because it was called to be off of Hunter. Now, I thought it was off Beal, number one. Number two, like, Beal fouled him twice. But regardless, even though there was not great officiating in that stretch, I thought it was just really, really, really rough from the Hawks not being able to inbound the ball. Like, if they had four or five chances to inbound the ball cleanly, they just couldn't do it. And yes, there's some some aggressive defense happening there, but if you have that many chances to sort of design – a clean amounts pass and can't get any of them to work. That's not great. Also, I'm, I'm not sure why Capella was in the game. And I noted that during the game as well. Like I'm obviously very pro Capella, but when Washington had to foul, there was no like gray area. Like you don't want to have Capella on the court. That's the guy you don't want to throw the ball to because he's a bad free throw shooter. So I'm not saying you go to even a Congo. Like I think it would have been good to go to Collins there. He's a good free throw shooter. Um, just at, at the five. Yes. But like, you know, 90% of the time, what happens there is you inbound the ball and then you get fouled. So having Capella out there is really your backstop on defense if you turn the ball over, and I get that, but you know if that's what's going to happen, like you're probably in trouble anyway. So that was a weird play. Um, you're basically playing four on five there for some reason. So just wanted to flag that. Didn't love it. Regardless, didn't like burn them. Um, the Hawks did have the lead cut to two with about 20 seconds to go after Bradley Beal got a layup. Then he fouled Murray, actually, and he only split those free throws. So the Hawks were only up by three at the very end, but um, as my friend Seth Part now from the athletic has says on this podcast before he's a big fan of the, uh, and by the way, a fan of not, not, not a fan, I should say of the quick two uh, down three Beal decided to drive and go for a quick two. Good defense by, by Hunter in that play. I thought, but he missed the layup anyway. That was a fortunate break for the Hawks. The Wizards just didn't have anybody even spotted up. It was a weird decision by them all the way around. Murray gets the ball, gets fouled, makes both. And that basically ends the game. So, you know, it was uh, up and down. For sure. It was not well-crafted. Again, the biggest shot of the game came from Trey, but you know they were not executing all that well down the stretch. The Hawks weren't inbounding the ball. The officiating was a little bit rough for sure. Washington had some free throw misses that were helpful, but uh, you know, hang out for your life, get a road win, and escape, and that's what the Hawks did at the end. Okay, we'll get into the individual player breakdowns in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors on the show. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The first one is here in the NBA, of course, best time of the year as well in college basketball. It's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a, get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That means bonus bets coming back to you if your first bet does not win with FanDuel. Download FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Back on anything you're looking for in the sports world, that includes point spreads and totals, money lines, futures, player props, and more. The Hawks, of course, return to Atlanta to face the Celtics on Saturday night, and that's always a fun rivalry game between Eastern Conference foes. And FanDuel is bringing everything you need to get really your handicap done on that game. And from there, find many more exclusive bets at FanDuel, like the two by three, and they have you the ability to combine bets together with it for a bigger payout with a same game parlay at FanDuel. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is a sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
Okay, we're getting to the individual player stuff now. We'll start with the bench, and the bench was very, very productive in this game. A lot of it was, a lot of it was offense-based, but still the numbers were good with the bench on the floor in this one. Uh, Jalen played the least. He played 13 minutes, had 4.6 4. rebounds, and two assists to go along with a steal and good defense. Offensively, it was not great from Jalen. He was 2-6 from the floor. Did have two assists, and his passing continues to pop in a good way. His uh, his vision for a power forward size player is really, really, really encouraging. But, uh, you know, they played him less in the second half. That was okay with me. Uh, Snyder talked about him very positively after the game and with good reason. In the first half, he changed the game defensively. He really did. So that was good to see. Um, I know Hawks fans want him to play more, and I get all that. But, like, he's doing his job right now and doing it well. So no issues with, with that whatsoever. And also, they just have so many guys to play before that, uh, you know, it is, it's kind of hit and miss. But I thought he played well in his stint. Uh, Okongwu was good in the second half. Not in the first half, but ended up with four points, eight rebounds, two steals, and a block in 19 minutes. Um, only four points on six shooting possessions, which is not great for Kongwu, but still, defensively, he was a monster in the second half. That was good to see from him. Uh, Bogey and Bay both had good offensive games. Bogey had 15 points in 22 minutes, hit four threes, and had three assists with two turnovers. Uh, was plus 10 in the game. Bay, 14 points, three threes. He, I believe he's shooting 49% from three as a Hawk at this point, which is uh, still crazy high, but he is really providing value there. And I will say, I thought Bay's defense was better in tonight's game. It's still not great. And I thought he was like a sore thumb bad in the first several games for the Hawks, but I thought it was better tonight. And that's a good sign. Cause I think if you're holding out hope for, for that is that he's been playing in such a different system for the last couple of weeks than he was previously, that he'll have to take some time. And it was a step forward, albeit a small one, but still a step forward defensively. And then bogey is just kind of bogey at this point. Uh, to the starters, mixed bag. Uh, Capella, eight points, 10 rebounds in 29 minutes. Um, a bad offensive game for Clint. He was 4 10 from the floor. That's not, that's not great. Had a couple of drop passes as well. Defensively, though, he was quite good. Um, sort of dueling with Daniel Gafford. I thought Clint was good, good on defense the entire game. Um, you know, I, I didn't think either center played great. And I, they probably could have used a little bit more offensively from both of them. But I, I thought he was fine. And, uh, you know, no issues with him playing more minutes than a Kongwu in this game. Collins had a weird offensive game, seven points on seven shots, was three or four from, from two, oh, three from three. So obviously uh, he had four threes on Wednesday and now oh, three again. So we'll see how much that sort of uh, <laughs> you could take from that. But oh, three is oh, three. Uh, but he did have two steals and a block and uh, Snyder Price's defense. I thought it was really good defensively in this game. I think it was better tonight than he's been a couple games defensively. Um, four rebounds. He was solid, just didn't make a ton of threes and didn't have a ton of usage on offense, which has been a familiar story for a while now. Uh, Hunter had kind of an interesting game, 18 points and seven rebounds. That's a great number for Hunter. Obviously, he's been a pretty bad rebounder in his career. Um, no assists, three turnovers. That's DeAndre Hunter for you. Uh, he had a couple of pretty bad passing moments, pretty bad ball handling, ball handling moments in this game. But he was efficient enough on offense with 14 shots and 18 points and defensively made uh, some pretty solid decisions and pretty solid um, impact on Beal and uh, others. So I thought he was fine in this game. Wasn't great, wasn't terrible, just fine. Murray had a better second half than the first half, for sure. 16 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. I don't think he played very well, to be honest with you, and he was pretty inefficient, but at least he made some shots in the second half. Um, he's made a little bit of hit and miss. Obviously, he had the fantastic game where he just didn't miss a shot last week, and then since then, he's been a little bit eh, middling. So the Hawks will need him to be better in the future, but I thought he didn't kill them anyway in this game. And then Trey was really good. Again, 28 points, 9 assists. Did have two steals. It was active defensively. I don't think he was quite as good as he has been the last couple of games on defense, but still more than fine for him. Um, good efficiency other than on two. So he was three of nine on twos. That was indicative of the entire team. Honestly, he was sort of microcosm of that because the Hawks were bad from two in this game and great from three. He was also bad from two, three of nine, great from three, six of ten. Uh, good to see him take ten threes. 
Also, as my friend Howard Jones has said this a lot on the on on the, online recently, that Trey's volume from three has been down a little bit, but there was no sign of him hesitating at all tonight. He was bombing away, and uh, you know, in addition to the big one at the end, taking ten shots, making six of them is very nice to see from Trey. Okay, so that'll be the end of this probably quicker podcast. It's going to be a back-to-back for the Hawks. They play on Saturday against the Celtics at home. And as I said before, Miami, Brooklyn, and Toronto are all playing either right now as I'm talking to you or actually we're going to be finishing up later on tonight. I know that Miami won against Cleveland. That's not a great result for, for the Hawks. Also, Brooklyn is, I believe, going to win or was close to it at the very end as I'm recording this podcast now. So uh, not great there for Atlanta in the standings. But we'll have a full standings recap later on, maybe after the game on Saturday. And this is going to be a tough spot. I'm not telling you that the Hawks are, you know, in, in deep trouble or anything like that on Saturday. But at this very moment, as I'm recording this podcast, the Hawks are, according to FanDuel, FanDuel, our, our friends over there, are five-point underdogs against Boston. Uh, granted, at home, yes, but Boston's been off since Wednesday, and they've been in Atlanta already. So that could be good. It's Friday night in Atlanta. That could somehow sometimes uh, affect teams that are coming in on the road for obvious reasons. But the Hawks will have a significant rest disadvantage in this game. And also Boston's just good. They haven't, they haven't been playing all that well recently, but they're still number two in the league. We uh, still number two in the East in wins. So uh, maybe some revenge as well. The Hawks lost to Boston by 25 points the first time around. So that's a game where it'll be a challenge. You know, of, of the two games tonight and, uh, and Saturday, I still would tell you that the Boston game is more difficult to win, even though it's at home because of the back-to-back and the, and, and the opponent. But the Hawks could certainly show up and play well and win. So we'll see how that all happens and comes together. And we'll have a new podcast after that game as well. Hopefully you learned something on this show. And if not, uh, I'll, I'll do better. On, I'll do better the next time. But if you're new to the podcast, thank you for listening to the podcast for sure. And please subscribe to the show, no matter where you listen to podcasts, either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play, Overcast, et cetera. We're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe over there as well. And the best thing you can possibly do to help the show is to subscribe and download and auto-download across multiple platforms. It's definitely very helpful for me. Also, patronize our sponsors and follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Also, I write about the Hawks at patreon.com slash BT Roland. I appreciate all the support. Hopefully, you will enjoy your Friday evening into Saturday. I'll be back after the game on Saturday night between the Hawks and the Celtics. We'll see you next time.